0: one or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study
1: and welcome into the virtual bible study this is the virtual bible study for thursday july 29th 2010 we're live on your computer tonight we're glad that we're there and we look forward to hearing from you my name is jacob gwen my father greg Gwyn joins me on the program tonight dad welcome to the program
2: Jacob, great to be with you. We look forward to our discussion night. We're a little late getting started because we had uh, again some technical difficulties. They're still saying
1: UStream is down. Jacob. All right. Uh, well, we'll keep trying that, and uh, maybe they can uh, let us know if we uh, get anything back there. Uh, you want to take three?
2: Yeah, let's take three. Oh, wait a minute. Anthony's saying he's got it now.
1: All right. Well, we're let's back. start over again. All right, <laughs> we're back on the program. We've had some technical difficulties, and it's ironic that we had technical difficulties on this. Uh, what is beginning our sixth year of, I guess, technical difficulties. We started technical difficulties six years ago, or five years ago. We're starting our sixth year of the Virtual Bible Study yeah, program. Yeah,
2: we, we're sort of planning a little uh, anniversary episode of the Virtual Bible Study. We've been doing this for five years on every Thursday night, and uh, we, we've we gotten a lot of good out of it, Jacob. I hope others have. We've reached out to a lot of people uh, a lot of people have listened to various episodes of the Virtual Bible Study. In fact, as we look to some of the statistics on the web page, we find that uh, in total, various episodes of the Virtual Bible Study have been downloaded uh, almost 400,000 times. 400,000, that's right. That's P- Pretty amazing. That's right. Uh, uh, and, and uh, of course, at the start we were audio only. Sometimes I wish we still were audio only, because as we've tried to get more into the video aspect of the Virtual Bible Study, we've had more and more difficulty, as we've had tonight. Hopefully we can get all that pinned down where we can get a, a, a consistent start. We haven't had that lately.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know you talk about the, those uh, starts back in the days of the audio only. Now we've got the audio from the very first edition of the Virtual Bible Study, from the beginning of that, five years ago. Uh, as we began, Jeff's on the soundboard.
0: Jeff, play that for us.
3: And welcome into the virtual Bible study. We're glad that you're here. We hope you'll stay tuned. This is the first go around for the virtual Bible study. My name is Jacob Gwynn. I'm joined by my co host, my father, Greg Gwynn. Hello, Dad. Hello, Jacob. Glad to be with you tonight. And I think we got you. Try that again. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Phil, do you got that? We're also joined by a good friend of ours, Phil Hunt. Hello, Phil. Hello Jacob, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this time that we can study the Bible with those listening, and we hope that this time this evening will be profitable for those uh, listening to the program. Well it is the virtual Bible study, Dad. Let's give them a quick rundown of what we're doing here. Uh, what are we talking about here will we talk about the virtual Bible study? What are our goals with this program?
4: Well first and foremost obviously what we want to do is just study the Scriptures. and We hope we can get some people listening by way of the Internet. Of course uh, it's, it's a new medium and so we're going to have to build a listening audience but we have the potential to talk to people literally all around the globe. And so we hope people from uh, all different uh, countries, places, cities, states will be listening and, and uh, give some attention to the things that we're talking about uh, week by week. We're going to try to do this every week. We're going to try to spend some time just looking to the Word of God and uh, find out what's there for us uh, uh, to live our lives by.
3: And we're just talking about the truth of the Bible here. We're not going to talk about any denominational creeds. You can leave your creed books closed up. We're not going to look at them. We want to just want to look at the Bible, because that's where we believe absolute truth can be found. If it's truth, it can be found in the Bible, and that's what we want to look at.
4: That's exactly right. Uh, I hope that as people listen to the program, one of the things that they'll be impressed with is that we're not just going to be giving our opinions. If we're just giving our own personal opinions People have no more reason to listen to us than anybody else. Everybody has their own opinions. I hope that we'll be able to impress people that we're going to be going to the Bible, looking to the Scriptures as the basis of authority for religious belief and practice. That's what that's what we're trying to do is go to the Scriptures, understand them, put them into practice in our lives.
3: And it is a call-in program. You can call and participate in the program. The number to call is 931-381-4567. That's 931
1: 931-381. Well, there's, that was the beginning five years ago. My and, uh, the audio was a little bit choppy there, and that's the way it sounded in real life. We had a uh, we had a little bitty mixing board and a, and a, a computer that was barely hanging on, and uh, that's, that's pretty so much what
2: So basically what you're saying is we sort of technically, we've just been hanging on by the skin of our teeth from the very start you until know, tonight. Right.
1: We haven't gotten anywhere farther <laughs> away from the edge of the cliff. Uh, but uh, we're trying, and we're getting there slowly yeah
2: what we th- what we planned for our discussion tonight, Jacob, was to look at the top ten most listened to episodes of the virtual Bible study over the last five years with the idea that this sort of constitutes an unofficial or uh, sort of uh, thumbnail sketch survey of the kind of things that have been most interesting to people, the kind of things that people thought were most important to listen to, to be informed about. The kind of things that people thought they wanted to study, perhaps with the idea that they themselves also want to be able to talk about those things to other people. So it gives us an idea of the kind of subject that people want to study, gives us um, maybe some help in planning future editions of the virtual Bible study, um, but also just shows the kind of things that are most important to
1: people. All right. And so we look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. You asked some questions of the update list earlier today.
2: Yes. Uh, earlier today I put out to the update list what are the top episodes in in your mind uh, that, uh, let's see, I said, uh, you're, in your opinion, what past programs were most important, interesting, necessary, helpful, et cetera, with an explanation as to why. And number two, what suggestions can you offer to improve the virtual Bible study uh, as we continue? And I've got some feedback on that, and I left it in the other room. I'll have to get it uh, before we get, when we get to our first break, we'll get to some of that feedback.
1: All right, and we'd like to hear from you on the program. What program in the past five years sticks out the most in your mind, is the most memorable, and uh, what are some suggestions you would have to improve the virtual Bible study other than the technical problems we still uh, are working on those and uh, we are aware of those i think uh, just uh, this on the uh, on the format and the uh, structure of the virtual bible study what are some ways uh, to improve uh, the program, you know, I thought it would be funny if we could. I uh, thought about uh, it'd take a long time, but we go back through the vast fast five years and just put together all the little clips. If I said, "Oh, there's a technical problem," oh, there's a technical problem. <laughs> probably
3: would take the whole hour. Oh, we lost something. the stream. How many times have <laughs> we said we've lost <laughs> right.
2: the stream? All right. You know, you know, know. J- Jacob, one of the and our listeners probably this probably wouldn't relate in their memory banks as to uh, an interesting episode, but the one that maybe stands out in my mind most of all as regarding uh, uh, making it work technically, was the time that we were on the road coming back from Mississippi. We had been down there with some other Christians from Middle Tennessee helping out with uh, uh, repairs for some of the brethren in Pascagoula, Mississippi, who had suffered a a lot of hurt from Hurricane Katrina. And we were on our way back, and we stopped at the side of the road, literally, and uh, hooked up a a laptop computer, uh, and through your cell phone, we linked up and were able to get a program on the air sitting under the Parking lot light in a, in a parking lot, and uh, uh, to me that just th- that was the most amazing uh, as far as being able to technically get something done.
1: We had fewer technical problems. Then. Yeah, we
2: actually didn't have any glitches that night.
1: Yeah, so lots of uh, programs. So what are some that are memorable to you? We'd like to hear from you on the program. You know, there's 261 hours of virtual Bible study programs in the book, 261 hours. You know, a lot of people listen to the program while they're at work. You could line those programs up at work and listen for, if you work 40 hours a week, you could listen for six and a half weeks every hour of the day while you're working. Yeah. To the virtual, I would say six and a half weeks, and, and a lot of people
2: do listen uh, on the archives, and we appreciate that, and, and we're glad that that provides an opportunity that people can listen. We love live listeners who participate. We understand sometimes people can't. We've even got people listening from the other side of the world who uh, they'd have to be up in the middle of the night or very early in the morning to be listening to us live, but they listen. Just last week, we heard from from Peter in uh, in England, who's soon to be moving to Australia. He told us in his email. He has to listen to the archives now, but when he gets to Australia, I think he said he could listen at lunchtime, listen live when he's in, uh, living in Australia. So we just a uh, l- lot of people listen by the archives, and and that's a good thing too. And we appreciate that.
1: All right, we got a listener here who says he listens on his bicycle at six o'clock in the morning. So we're glad that uh, we appreciate you doing that. In the chat room. All right. Good. So, um, good. so let us know. Uh, let us know how you listen. How long you've been listening? Where you listen from? Uh, we'd like to hear from you on the program tonight. Maybe you don't have any uh, comment about the uh, scriptures that we're talking about tonight, but you'd just like to let us know you're out there and do that, join in on the program. We'd like to hear from you on the phone tonight as well. Uh, give us a call. It's toll-free, 877-381-4567.
2: And we're getting some some people in the chat room already commenting on the episodes that they liked. Uh, Anthony mentions the one two weeks ago Uh where we talked to a Presbyterian preacher, uh, uh, he talks about uh, he mentions the interview with Shirley Phelps Roper that we're going to talk about tonight. Dan Barker, we're going to talk about an interview we we had with him who was an atheist, uh, and he mentions some discussions with with a Catholic apologist that we had, uh, and he he mentions that. So uh, Anthony, I think there Jacob is indicating what I see as a trend in some of the responses we got. The people really like those interview programs where we have someone on either live in person or live via the telephone, and we have an interview with someone on a topic. Sometimes an interview with people that we agree with, sometimes interviews with people we disagree with, But uh, I think that most of our listeners are suggesting that that's the kind of thing they especially like. Those are beneficial because we get to see both sides of the the argument
1: and uh, can compare the two with what the Scriptures teach to see. Uh, which is true. And so we do, we enjoy those as well on our end as well. That's right. All right. Well, uh, we have, uh. Let's take a quick break and then get started into our top 10. Let's do that. Uh, we're a little bit off on our breaks due to our technical problems, but, uh, we hope that you will take a minute during the break to give us a call or send us an email. Let us know you're out there. We'll take a break
0: and continue the discussion right after this. This
4: is Jared in Warwickshire, England.
0: Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial.
4: Rickshire, England. Listen to the chat from the Virtual Bible Study each Thursday night.
0: My name is
3: Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly Internet Bible Study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night.
0: And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians three seventeen. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. As we talk about the past five years on the Virtual Bible Study, we're beginning our sixth year tonight and we've compiled a list of the ten most downloaded virtual Bible study programs over the past five years, and we're going to use those as a basis for determining what's on people's mind, what are people interested in from the Scriptures, and we'll talk about them, and we'll take your thoughts on the most memorable virtual Bible study program in the past and ways you think that we could improve the virtual Bible study. We'd like uh, to hear from you on the program tonight. In the,
2: in the chat room, Mayberry111 says the show on language and swearing. He liked that one. Uh, Anthony mentions one that we did on movies that had a lot of participation from the audience. Um, and uh, this is interesting, Jacob. Uh, oh, It was mentioned we need an iPhone app, and and, uh, I think John in Oklahoma says there is a Ustream viewing app for iPhone and iPad. That's pretty interesting, uh, those who are into that sort of thing. Could actually uh, maybe watch on their iPhone and
1: uh, yes, and I understand you can do that going down the interstate with those those kind of things. I, Great, yeah. So I don't hope we're not responsible for any wrecks, but yeah, that'd be that's a good uh, way to use your phone for that.
2: Um, J- Jacob, we were talking about interview programs being popular. Aaron uh, sends in from Texas and says, Jacob and Greg. First, I wanted to say that I appreciate the work you guys have put into this. I have really enjoyed the virtual Bible study over the past five years. The programs I've enjoyed the most and the ones where I've learned the most were the ones where you had live guests, even on the phone, who actually hold positions that I don't agree with, Calvinism, homosexual marriage, whatever. In my experience, it's usually hard for a position to be accurately explained by somebody who doesn't hold that position, and so I think we sometimes hear a lot of straw men in preaching on some subjects just because we don't really understand how a person could believe something so different from what we believe. So I like hearing proponents explain why they hold their positions. Of course, having a live guest who differs with you is probably a harder program to prepare for, even if you're going to let the guest do a lot of talking. So, uh, Aaron, uh, I think we agree with him. We get a better view of what people think. Uh, uh, just as an illustration, the program from a couple weeks ago... Um, uh, where we interviewed a Presbyterian preacher about the question of homosexual marriage and ordaining homosexual ministers in the Presbyterian church, a lot of people have commented to me that that was so enlightening to, to actually hear him in his own words explain his religious position. It really gives you a, a, a real good uh picture of where those people are religiously much different than where we are religiously but we need to know that
1: all right brad echoes those sentiments uh, from athens alabama where he says i enjoyed the discussions you have with the two brethren who support church-sponsored recreation august 10th 2006 and church-sponsored benevolence to non-christians september 14th 2006 brad's got a good memory both of those programs were something of an informal debate and there was a lot of scripture best i can remember on both sides i enjoy the challenge to my beliefs it makes me aware of the arguments in favor of things I disagree with, and helps me to hone my arguments against such. Maybe it's just the attitude you, that uh, you guys have, but it seems that these less formal debates, conversations really that you have across the table, don't get as caustic as a formal debate in which one guy stands up and talks for twenty minutes, and then another guy stands up and talks for twenty minutes. Other than that, it's difficult to single one program or type of program out. There are few programs where I there are few programs where I don't learn at least one new thing. Uh, please keep it up. You know, uh, in regards
2: to those interviews we've done and what Brad <laughs> mentions there, one of the things that we that we try to do when we interview people, Jake, and we've done this pretty consistently in the interviews we've had, is we try to let them have time to say what they want to say and, and explain their position as thoroughly as possible. Because that's what we really want to know. We want to know where they're at. Very often we have come back sometimes the following week and then reviewed those interviews to give a more thorough biblical response to what they said if it was something we disagreed with. But if if we were to stop someone, if, for instance, uh, uh, we're going to talk about the, the interview we had with Shirley Phelps Roper uh, of the Westboro Baptist Church. We're going to talk about the interview we had with Dan Barker, who was an atheist. If we stopped them, every time they said something we disagreed with, we'd get nowhere. They would not be able to explain themselves. We wouldn't get a real picture of what they believe and so forth. So we've tried, and we're not perfect interviewers by any means, but we've tried in those interview opportunities, to give people enough chance to say what they want to say to really explain their position as thoroughly as possible.
1: Okay. Along those lines, though, Brad does give us constructive criticism. He says, anytime you have someone on, Mr. McCullough, for instance, that was a few weeks ago.
2: With the the Presbyterian preacher. uh
1: It is something of a debate, but many times there's little scripture. I realize that there is little you can do to force your guests to cite scripture. I also realize that sometimes guests cannot stay the entire hour, so for the 20 minutes or so you have them, you may have, you have to fire as many questions as possible and then examine their answers later. I say all that to say that when you have guests with opposing viewpoints, I'd like for them to stay the whole hour so that you have time to go back and forth with scripture. You do a good job, by the way, of challenging guests for scriptures to support their views. I think having them for the entire hour will give you time to do more of that. Right. So Thank that's uh, that's true. We, we we do sometimes have trouble keeping the discussion uh, centered around scripture. Yeah. Uh, but you know sometimes they've got such far out views that it's hard to pull them back in. But. Uh we yeah. do need to. We can do better about that.
2: All right, let's go to us go to our top ten list and uh, talk about. Just sort of give a, a thumbnail sketch of the, some of the things that people saw as most interesting. All right,
1: I will make a note. If you're in the chat room tonight, you don't have to have a username to to comment. You can comment anonymously tonight. Just type your comments there in the chat window and send them in. Let us know where you're listening tonight, if you would. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. All right, the top ten list. The, the top ten. Most downloaded virtual Bible study programs from the past five years. Let's
2: start with, with number 10. We'll work up to the most. Oh, uh, you're going to start with me?
1: Number uh, <laughs> we, we, we broke these up. Uh, yeah, you're going to do the even numbers. And, and I'm gonna do we're the... going to go from the bottom up. Uh, yeah, All we'll right. start with number 10. All right, the first program or the number 10 program that was downloaded uh, in the past five years was in a program we did on April fifth, two 2007, an investigation of the religion of Islam. And uh, we had uh, uh, Andrew, Roberts. Andrew Roberts on. He is uh, somewhat of uh, uh, studied up on... Yeah, on he's, he's seriously on studied
2: life. on Islam and has written a, b- a book on it. Okay.
1: And uh, we talked about the, their beliefs. And uh, it is important that we, we had that discussion in the religious climate that we have today because a lot of people today think, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe. You believe what you want to believe. i believe what I want to believe. We're all on different roads going to the same place. Some people will limit that to uh, Christianity, so-called. But others will say it doesn't matter if you believe in Christ as your way to heaven. You don't, It doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you believe in Buddha or Hindu or if you believe in Muhammad. It doesn't matter. And so it's important for us to, to learn about this religion and uh, be reminded of the fact that it does matter what you believe. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And so those who are Muslim who deny Jesus as Mean the Son of God, they will not be uh, blessed with heaven when this life is if over. If words
2: mean anything, and if Jesus, what Jesus said, can be believed, then Jesus said you can't get to heaven by being a Muslim.
1: All right, and Jesus saw, or uh, John tells us in First John chapter four, four, verse one, that we need to be careful of prophets like Muhammad. In First John four, verse one, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Muhammad's a false prophet. He's uh, deceived very many in the world today, and well, we if need to you be aware think of that. about
2: it, if you think about it, he's got to be a false prophet because he says Jesus is not the son of God. Right. And so, I mean, you, there's no way that these two religions can can coexist. There can, there's no, there can be there can be no peaceful toleration between them. I'm not talking about physical warfare. I'm talking about in regards to fellowship or or, or joint participation of mm-hmm. any kind, because By by the very definition of a false prophet, Muhammad is a false prophet, and therefore the religion of Islam must be rejected, uh... I mean, but we need to know. We need to know some of those basics. And like you, uh, if if you were going to pick out one verse, Jacob, that we as Christians need to stand on when we when we're discussing this issue, I think it would be John fourteen six. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me."
1: Man, yeah, Jesus didn't tell us just tolerate everyone and everyone's okay. It doesn't matter. He says that you've got to believe in Him and you're not going to come to Father think, except by Him.
2: And, and I, I would really think, Jacob, that probably some additional programs on islam would be appropriate because that is certainly a a hot button issue in the world today
1: all right and uh... jesus tells us in matthew chapter 7 verse 16 beginning as we think about the religion of islam and one way we know that it is not from god is by the fruits of it Jesus said, You shall know them by their fruits do men gather thorn, uh, grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into fire. Wherefore, by their fruits shall you know them? We can know that the religion of Islam is not from God, looking at the fruits of it. Exactly. And so, it was a good program back in April, uh, April 5th of 2007, uh, on the discussion of Islam. And that's been downloaded over 4,000 times. There you go. Um,
2: the, the number nine. Let's look at number nine. The, the, the ninth most popular download of the virtual Bible study was in a, what we called a, a debate, an atheism debate. We had a, a, a pretty prominent guest that night, Jacob, mm-hmm. Dan Barker. We did. He He's a preacher who has turned atheist. He's an right. author. He's written a book called Losing Faith in Faith. He has or had, I don't know if this, if this network is even on the air anymore, but at the time we interviewed him back in 2008, he had a program called Free Thought America on the radio network called Air America, and I'm not even sure if Air America is on the air anymore. Yeah, that, that was
1: a, it was Free Thought Radio. Free Thought
2: Radio. Right. Uh, and, um, I think he's the
1: president of the Free Thought Society he had been interviewed on a lot of big national yeah. programs. Yeah, about 6 months ago I saw his wife being interviewed on Fox News.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a he's a, he's a, a a well-known atheist and he talked with us uh for for about 45 minutes on uh, February 21st, 2008. And we talked about uh his view that religion is harmful, mm-hmm. that really the majority of the ills that exist in the world today are due to religion uh, and 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 he concentrated on the things that we would call the abuse of religion mm-hmm. uh, and and the point we tried to make with him was when religion is accurately applied when the, when god 's guidance is fully followed, as described in the Bible. Then it, religion is what the world needs. Mm-hmm. He, he was saying religion is what hurts the world, and we kept trying to point out to him: you're talking about the
1: abuses of true religion, the kind that's described in the Bible. It's a common uh, ploy, though, that people who want to be anti-religion have, and uh, and uh, you know, because of the abuses, it gives them an excuse to have that uh, reason against uh, to hold against religion. But it does not prove that religion is bad just because some may abuse it.
2: Yeah. In the course of that discussion, we went on to talk about how do we establish a standard of morality if the Bible, if religion in the Bible is not true and is actually should be discarded because it's hurtful to society, then what would we use as a standard of morality? And uh, Dan Barker's expression was "do no harm." Uh-huh. That what we should do. We should all follow the the guiding principle of do no harm. Uh, I don't know well, how he gets that, to that. That's really. what we ask. Where did that come from? Right. Uh, you know, if we are just an evolved animal, how did we really tried to press him on the question of how did we get to the point that we should be kind to others? Where did we? How did how did we develop the mentality? to help those who are weak and sick and so forth. Why not just destroy them? Right. Because if we, are, if we have evolved animals and we are continuing to evolve, we really want to get a, rid of the, the weak ones out of our gene pool so that we have a stronger gene pool to evolve to a higher level. Right. Uh, of course, he wouldn't agree to that, but th- that served as a big inconsistency in his position. We also talked about how we got here with dan barker and i think if, if when we're talking to atheists i think taking them all the way back to the very basics is one of the things that is helpful in a discussion with an atheist how did we get here? Uh, is is matter eternal or or uh did something or someone create the matter that exists in the universe and then after you've talked about where did matter come from how did life from non-living matter begin? The question of spontaneous generation of life. Again, evolutionists and atheists don't like to talk about that too much, but they have to really believe in both things. They have to believe that matter's always been here, although scientifically that is not supported. Right. And they have to believe that at some point in the, in the in the distant past, life sprang forth from non-living matter. Of course, that's not that's not scientific. Uh, that 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 can cannot be done scientifically. But they have to believe in both of those things, which are contrary to true science. Um, and then in our discussion with Dan Barker, we also spent a good bit of time talking about the the subject of irreducible complexity. Uh, an author by the name of Michael Behe wrote a book called Darwin's Black Box, mm-hmm. and he and he f- sort of formalized an argument. that has been around for a long time, but he made it made it more recently popular. The idea of irreducible complexity: H- how did things evolve? Just a part at a time how 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 would that have happened, and we used the example of the eye he thought it was a bad example, but how how did the first elements of the eye begin to evolve when they were non functioning mm-hmm. if they were non functioning why why didn't the body just cast that off as a, as an unusable appendage and try something else for the for the eye to be there, it had to come together all at once like that, or, or it would have it, or would have been discarded by the supposed evolutionary process. Uh, he didn't like that argumentation. He disregarded it. But I think that's, as we talk with atheists, I think that's one of the things we can press them about.
1: Irreducible complexity. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was the number nine most downloaded program of all time in the past five years. And the number to call is 877 381 4567. Or send an email to questions at com. or join in the chat room tonight. Uh, we'll take your most memorable program in the last five years. Let us know your thoughts. All right. The number seven or, uh, number eight most downloaded program was from uh, March 8th, 2007. It was a di- uh, program discussing the addiction to pornography. I don't recall the gentleman's name that we uh, interviewed. Uh, he was with, uh, I think he was the president of some uh, uh, society in Memphis. It was helping those who were... Helping counsel people who were addicted to pornography. pornography. And it was an interesting program and a very good program, a very straightforward program. Uh, And uh, it was important because this problem of pornography is a problem that's rampant today. Um, And it it seems to be a problem that's increasing uh, uh, among those who are in the world and those who uh, profess to be Christians as well. Uh, But it's not a new problem. And, uh, well, when you say not new, how do you mean? Well, okay, it has new avenues. There, that, yeah, that,
2: that, that would be the point I'd stress. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, but the problem is not new. It goes all the way back. Well, we have reference to it in David's time in Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 2. Uh, David had the problem of looking at Bathsheba. Uh, when uh, he should not have been, and so uh it's been a struggle throughout time,
2: looking yeah. at things if you're just going to generalize the subject of pornography, to say, looking at things you should not be looking at, sure, yeah,
1: sure um, and uh, Jesus condemned it in Matthew chapter five verse twenty eight I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart, uh, Jesus condemned it and and tells tells us very plainly there to, uh, that it is a sin. Uh, but, again, it goes back to Old Testament times of this idea of looking at things that you shouldn't look at. Uh, the Proverbs write, uh, Proverb writer uh, tells us repeatedly about this in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 24, "...to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lest not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids." For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Uh, the problem of sexual sins has been around. Yeah, uh, and the problem
2: of lusting, right. which is was sort of part and parcel of the subject mm-hmm. of pornography. But, but I think most people, when they hear the subject of pornography, would think that it is a more recent problem based upon the fact, as you said, the avenues by which these things are presented to us. Okay, uh, Of course, I think there's been... In, in In the history of art, if you look at a lot sure. of stuff that 's been done through the centuries there 's been a lot of uh, lascivious portraits and so forth that have been that have been made long before there was photography. Mm-hmm. But with the advent of photography and then the advent of broadcast media, print media electronic media, there are all kinds of new avenues to get these illicit images. And mm-hmm. before our eyes, I think we're under a greater challenge in our day and time than ever before mm-hmm. in, in controlling uh, our, our looking at things we shouldn't look at.
1: All right. Uh, but we see and uh, we saw with the interview of the gentleman that we interviewed on this program uh, back in March of 2007. The, the destructive nature of it and uh, these sexual sins have been destructive throughout time uh, the proverb writer again warns us of that and this, uh, this uh, man was telling us about the dangers and it's the, the fastest
2: stru- growing addiction uh, in, at least in our country probably in the world is the fastest growing addiction is the addiction to pornography and, that's a, and as we discussed in that program it, it, is, it is an
1: accurate Use of terminology to call it an addiction. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, We need to take a break. But uh, one passage that's been used a lot on this is uh, Job 31, verse 1. I made a covenant with my eyes. Why should I think upon a maid? Uh, Job had made the determination that he was going to be careful what he looked at. And uh, everyone in society today, male and female really, need to be careful of uh, what they see uh, presented to them in the media. All right, we take a break. Uh, we down, we're down through three of our programs. We're to hurry We have seven more to go, and about halfway through the program tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know your more memorable uh, editions of the Virtual Bible Study. Let us know ways that we can improve it to make it more effective. Let us know your thoughts. We'll take a short break, and, and we're
2: going to. By the way, it's our bullet point break, and we're going to go back to the very first bullet point that we ever did. I don't know what the date on that was. Jeff, you got the date on that?
1: February seventh of
2: two thousand. 2000-
1: 2008. 2008. So we've been
2: doing a bullet point each week since February 7th of
1: 2008. All right. We'll take a break and continue right after this.
0: Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this.
5: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Stock market investors have been nervously watching the daily news reports to see how their investments are doing. Even a slight increase or decrease in points can sometimes mean a gain or loss of thousands of dollars. And so those with money invested are very interested to know the latest market trends. While stock market investments can be a helpful tool in building up financial wealth, the scriptures teach us that our most important investments ought to be in a different realm. Jesus said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Matthew 6, 19 and 20. The reason for this emphasis on heavenly investments is obvious. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 21. We need to realize that having our treasures laid up in heaven has advantages now as well as in eternity. Not only will we reap the reward of a heavenly home forever, but we will also benefit in this life. If our investments are in spiritual things, we'll have a great ongoing interest in them. Just as a stock market investor watches the market closely, we will carefully watch how things are developing in our spiritual lives. There will be a tendency to do the things that will increase our heavenly stock, and we will be on guard for anything that could threaten our eternal well-being. And if we should begin to struggle in our service as Christians, others will be able to call us back by reminding us of our investment. Hebrews 10:32 through 37 So, Christian, how are your investments? Think about it. That's this week's bullet point.
2: I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias.
1: All right, we're back on the program tonight, and uh, we appreciate uh, you being out there, um, and uh, we appreciate your work on the bullet points, Dad. We've been doing that for about uh, two and a half years now. Yeah, and I've been
2: thinking about a way to possibly use those bullet points uh, additionally. We may may bring out a plan to use those bullet points. We've got a lot of recorded bullet points we might uh, be able to. Use in another way to encourage people. So we'll we'll talk about that. All right,
1: we've got uh, one person here and a couple people in the chat room tonight. One anonymous listener says I like the addition to the bullet points. Mayberry 111 agrees to that. Uh, one listener there likes to hear Nestor Sanchez, who came back uh, from that break on the back end of that break there. Yeah. Uh, from Nestor,
2: Chile. Nestor preaches in Arica, Chile. He also does a lot of preaching work in the country of Peru. He travels to Cuba.
1: They're a long way away from here, but yeah. uh, they're in similar time zones where they can listen. Uh, I uh,
2: they may be in the same time zone. Very
1: close. Yeah, so it works out for him to listen yeah, on the other side yeah. of the world.
2: Yeah, on the,
1: on the other hemisphere. Yeah, of on the, the world. bottom of the world. Yeah, there.
2: yeah the other All right. Uh, but we, we love Nestor. Nestor's a good friend. And, and the church here at College View has been helping to support Nestor in his preaching work for many years. So we appreciate him. When we ever hear from, when we do get to hear from him we're on the virtual Bible study, we're
1: asking you for your more, more memorable programs, and we're asking you for your suggestions on how to improve the program. Preston in Georgia sends in his suggestion. My suggestion would be to strive to have a greater Facebook and YouTube presence. The Facebook page has grown and continues to grow, but I think that it could be uh, be more to do in the group other than just invitations to the study. You can advertise on Facebook with YouTube. You have to put some stuff, but more the more you put on there, the better, and it will advertise itself. If you don't have a video, you can just and it goes on and gives some suggestions there. Uh, Preston actually started the Facebook group of, on the virtual Bible study. Appreciate him for doing that. Thank, and perhaps we Preston. could, yeah. And that. you
2: know, some of those few video short videos we put on YouTube have been listened to hundreds and thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Several, one of them, several thousand times on oh, just a simple video we did on do i have to be baptized so mm-hmm. we probably should follow president's advice and get a bigger presence out there on youtube and probably facebook as well uh, jared in cookville tennessee writes and says he's watching tonight on his droid app okay and he says i wonder how we'll be viewing the show five years from now
1: Well, that's true a lot of you won't have it a phone it'll be implanted in your cornea there <laughs> that's probably right you know but uh we, we started the program because we couldn't, you know, we could give the history of the program. We started the program because we couldn't find a radio station uh, to let us on the air. We wanted to have a call in radio program in Columbia. And so we had the idea to start an internet only broadcast, and we really didn't have the foresight to see that the radio would be dying down and the internet would be going up. Uh, but we happen to be in the right spot at the right time, well you
2: think about how many people have listened to various episodes of the virtual Bible study over five years we wouldn't have had near that kind of listenership on a local radio station in Columbia, Tennessee. So it turned out to be a good thing.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, Preston uh, gives us his more memorable programs, How to Deal with Sin, How to Remain Faithful, Evolution versus Intelligent Design, God's Role for Men and Women, uh, Choosing to Maid and Others. So thank you, Preston,
2: for those. Uh, okay. Thanks, Preston. We, Preston's been a listener from way back to the first days of the First day. Thanks for being there, Preston. Uh, real quick, let, we're looking at our top ten most listened to. We're working up to number one. Number seven most listened to program was a review of the Shirley Phelps Roper interview. Many of our listeners, that name is probably familiar to many of our listeners. Shirley Phelps Roper is with the Westboro Baptist Church in Topeka, Kansas. That's the group that goes around and protests at the funerals of servicemen who have been killed in Afghanistan or Iraq. And they believe that, that things are going bad in our country because God is mad at us because of a tolerance of homosexuality and so forth, that he has that god's wrath is coming down on america god hates america but they also have some some very offensive signs that they hold up when they protest at the funerals of these service men in
1: effect say that god hates homosexuals yeah uh, god hates homosexual enablers and he yeah.
2: hates america because we and we allow homosexuality thank god
1: for dead soldiers thank god for uh, ieds yeah uh America is doomed.
2: Yeah. All right. And so we, uh, again, here's, here's someone that we interviewed on the Virtual Bible Study that's been on a lot of national shows. She's sort of the spokesperson for this Westboro Baptist Church. I think that church was started by
1: her father, Fred Phelps. Fred Phelps, right. And uh, this he, this Shirley Phelps Roper is his daughter. They go around to, to funerals of soldiers making a ruckus, and lots of laws have been passed to keep them from doing that.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, it,
1: basically, what we talked
2: with her about was Calvinism. That group is what you might call an ultra-Calvinist group. They believe in Calvinism at the extreme. They are a consistent <laughs> Calvinist Yeah, Yeah, really. What they're doing is consistently applying the false doctrines of John Calvin. And and they believe in ultimate predestination. Therefore, they don't think it's necessary for them to go out and try to appeal to people, to attract people. They're not interested in attract. Uh, Miss Roper told us that she believes it is their role to pronounce God's judgment against the wicked world. They're not trying to convert people, because if because, you believe in Calvinism, right. you wouldn't need to. Because they're already saved. They're already saved, yeah. and they're, already, they're going to be drawn by God, and, and they couldn't be lost if they wanted to be lost. And those who are not called and chosen couldn't be saved if they wanted to be saved. There's no use to be out there trying to preach a message that would draw people. That's, that, that's contrary to the doctrine of Calvin. Now, there are a lot of religious groups that believe various aspects of Calvinism, but they're not consistent. This group is consistent in applying the doctrines of John Calvin. And, and as you listen to that interview and our review of the things that she said, it's really outrageous, some of the things she said. If I, Real quickly, because we need to keep moving. If, I, if I'm talking to a Calvinist about the idea of some are chosen for salvation and others are chosen for damnation, I'd want to go to verses like 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, which says God will have all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So if you're kind of building an arsenal to talk to people who believe that, I think, very uh damaging doctrine of Calvinism and predestination, foreordination. First Timothy two, verse four is a great verse. Also Second Peter chapter three, verse ten. Which says that God is not willing that any should perish. This is Second Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance.
1: All right. That program was on uh, July, or January 25th, 2007. Or actually, it was January 18th, 2007. We reviewed it on January 25th, 2007. Our review has been downloaded more than the actual interview itself. Uh, but uh, both of those programs... That good. was
2: one of those cases where we let her do a lot of talking in that first program, and then the week after we reviewed what she said. Sure. We wanted to give her a chance to say what she wanted to say, and then the next week we tried to give a more thorough, scriptural answer to the interview.
1: All right. The next most downloaded program is from April 19th, 2007, and it is... About the time of year when this subject becomes more and more uh, in the discussion is the subject of modesty. And surprisingly, that program has been downloaded uh, almost 5,000 times from April 19, uh, 2007. The subject of modesty, Dad, is an important subject uh, because of uh, the society that we live in. Paul told us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not to be transformed to this world. And we get bombarded with fashion statements by the world daily, on a daily basis. And those uh, messages, it appears, rub off on us as Christians over time. We begin... Uh, To follow the trends of the world in their fashion, yeah, and and a lot of immodesty. I
2: I think what happens is, here's if you were to chart what happens. Here's the world as the world becomes more and more immoral and immodest, and Christians are not out here at the cutting edge of that, but we're allowing them to drag us along, right? And so we become more tolerant, more calloused. To worldliness and immodesty, and uh, it 's a problem. Christians really got to be under guard
1: now that, the problem is that our society today finds no shame in nakedness, but God says that nakedness is a shame throughout scriptures, in the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament. God tells us nakedness is a shame in Revelation chapter three, verse eighteen, using uh, uh, in a spiritual uh, discussion. But using the physical as a a basis uh, to make the point, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, we read, uh, I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Jesus said that nakedness was a shame. Our society doesn't see it that way. That's
2: right. Nakedness has always been a shame, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And it still is today, but the world doesn't understand it. The Bible, I think, defines nakedness. And, and as Christians, we've got to stay far away from that sin of exposing your nakedness. You know, I think uh, covering your nakedness is one point. Modesty is even a, a, a stricter rule. We would modest.
1: reference you to that program that was, uh, again, on April nineteenth, two 2007. But just a few verses to help with that definition of nakedness, you might check, check Exodus chapter 28, verse 42 Isaiah chapter 47, verses 2 and 3, uh, to get the definition of what God says is nakedness. But as you said, modesty goes beyond just covering your nakedness. And uh, and that is a, a modesty is a characteristic that is not very common in the world that we live in today. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Tim, uh, Paul writes to Timothy, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting in like manner also, That women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Uh, Paul mentions two things there that many women today do not possess, and that is a spirit of modesty and of shamefacedness. What is uh, uh, shamefacedness, as you understand it?
2: Well, it's the idea of being able to blush, to to be able to to, to have a reasonable sense
1: of what you shouldn't do. Uh, Strong defines it as bashfulness towards mm-hmm. men, uh, modesty towards I think
2: respectable timidity is one okay. de-
1: definition. You of know, it. you can think of some older women who have had that uh, yeah. that propriety about them, and that is not present uh, in many women today. And then also Paul t- uh, tells Timothy that women need to be adorned in modest apparel. Modest uh, is uh, decent, well-arranged, appropriate. Yeah. Their, 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 their dress needs to be that. So that was a good discussion back on Let's do uh, one more quickly, and then we,
2: we if we get a final break here, we're running a little late because we were late starting with our issues at the start of the program. Uh, that was uh, number six. Number five, number five most downloaded program, Evidence of the Resurrection. Um, and I, I want to read an email from Chris. Uh, I'm not sure where Chris is, but Chris writes uh, concerning his... The shows he thinks are most important. He says, The show on alleged contradictions of the resurrection, apologetic type studies are vitally important. Many people will hear snippets from TV about history, Nas- National Geographic, and so forth, spouting these types of problems with the scripture. If you're unprepared, this could possibly pose a tremendous stumbling block. Once you see the whole picture, these alleged contradictions disappear. And we've tried to, de- uh, thank you, Chris, we've tried to deal with some of those kind of evidences. Uh, Subject and on this program from March seventh, uh, March fifteenth, two thousand and seven, we dealt with evidence of the resurrection. This program had been downloaded almost seven thousand times. Uh, the thing that prompted us to talk about it at that time was that a documentary had just come out called "The Lost Tomb of Jesus," uh, and they were reporting that that a tomb had been found. And they believed they had found the bone box or ossuary in which Jesus' bones... In other, words, in other words, the tomb of Jesus had been found and his bones had been found. Imagine that. Suggesting that he definitely was not resurrected. The director of that documentary, by the way, was James Cameron, uh-huh. who was the, the, the director or producer, director, I guess, of Titanic and most recently the movie Avatar. So he's, okay. a,
1: he's a famous guy. and he We've talked uh, about him a few times yeah, in other references on this yeah, program. Well,
2: of course, this, this was not a new film. Find, that bone box had been found, was found 25 years before, back in 1980. I think that bone box was mm-hmm. found. Uh, and, and we just debunked the, the, the whole concept of that documentary. What we were trying to do is make sure that nobody had their faith shaken by the claims that they'd found the bones of Jesus. That just simply wasn't the case. When we're talking to people about the resurrection, we've, t- we've studied that before. We don't have time to go too deeply into that tonight. But if I was to be asked, Jacob, if I have a chance to talk to someone to try to prove to them the resurrection, mm-hmm. the argument that I'm going to make okay, is... one argument. I'm going to give them one argument. Mm-hmm. The life of the apostles, the subsequent life of the apostles after the resurrection. Before the resurrection, they deserted Jesus. They were cowards. After the resurrection, after they saw Jesus, you couldn't stop them from talking about him, even under threat and persecution, and even in, with imprisonment and martyrdom, they never stopped talking about Jesus. How do we know the resurrection actually happened? Look to the apostles, the ones who saw it, who who had firsthand uh, exposure to it. Their example proves to us that the resurrection happened.
1: All right, we're going to take a break and go th- th- to the rest of the program after that, uh, talking about... The top ten programs. Let us know your thoughts about your most memorable program or ways you'd improve the Virtual Bible Study. Don't go anywhere.
0: The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this.
5: Hello, everyone. I'm Wade Shelton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you're like me, you've probably heard a lot of rumors about what the Church of Christ is all about. Regardless of what the rumors you may have heard, let me just quickly tell you what we are about. The College View Church of Christ is simply a group of Christians that is committed to doing everything that God has commanded us in exactly the way that he commanded us to do it. So we just simply open our Bibles and study them to determine what God has commanded us to do, and then we try to do it. It's just really that simple. Are you interested in being part of a group of people who have this approach to serving God? If so, I hope you will join me and my family as we worship God with the College View Church of Christ this Sunday at
2: 9.30 a.m. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And We're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in His Word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the Virtual Bible Study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study.
0: A Streaming Bible Study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys.
1: Welcome back into the program tonight. We're glad you're a part of it. We're going to the top of the hour and beyond if you're listening to us live because we had a few technical difficulties at the beginning. We're talking about late getting started the, most ten, the top ten most downloaded programs. The next is number four in line, downloaded almost 7,000 times, a program from December 6th of 2007 on God's providence. And uh, that's interesting. You can start to see as we get through these some uh Search engines, maybe, are finding us in, on some of these. And this looks yeah. like one that would be a top-searched uh, item about God's providence. Certainly, we believe in God's providence. Uh, God is in control of things here on the earth. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it says that God uh, causes the son, his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends it to rain on the just and the unjust. We see God being active in the world. God's not passive. God is active. Yeah, he God
2: is not active. like a watchmaker who made right. the world and the universe, wound it up, set it in motion, then just backed off and let it run. All right. He's, he's not like that.
1: No, he's not. He's controlling things in the earth, even controlling things in governments. He did it in Daniel chapter four verse seventeen. He uh, says here uh, that thou, may, that, that, thou uh, that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomever whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basis of men. God is in control of things on the earth. And that has some application to us. We talked about the applications in that program. It has applications to us as well. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we're told, To seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So God's providence is in control. And he's he going to bless us, us. when bless we do He'll bless us it? if when we'll do it. his will. There you go. All right. And so that was a program from uh, December of 2007. All right, um, the next one with number three most
2: listened to program from October 25th, 2007, downloaded over 9,000 times a, a program we did on abortion. Uh, and again this may be one that people are finding as they search on the internet. Um, if you're talking to an abortionist, I th- I'm, I'm going to make a couple just a couple of arguments that I think they can' not answer okay uh, One from Exodus 21. You might note Exodus 21, verses 12, and then 22 through 25, the death of an unborn was treated as murder. If you caused the death of an unborn child, it was treated as though you had committed murder under the Old Testament law of Moses. I think that makes a strong argument how God views the life of an unborn child. And then uh, in the New Testament, it's interesting that the Greek word brephos is used to describe a baby in the womb. This is from Luke. Luke was a physician. In Luke 1, verse 44, and in Luke 2, verse 16. In Luke 1, verse 44, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, while John the Baptist was still in her womb, said, The babe leapt in my womb. She used the word brephos. In Luke 2, verse 16, Jesus as a baby in the manger, the word brephos uh, was used, both of an unborn child and one born, same word used.
1: Okay, that's from 2007, uh, October twenty fifth, two 2007, if you'd like more uh, of that discussion on abortion. The number two uh, most downloaded program of all time is from August twenty third, 2007, been downloaded over 10,000 times And it is God's plan for our happiness. We talked about God's plan for our happiness and the fact that God does want us to be happy and that the way that we become happy is not by what most would think. Most would think if you want to be happy, you do whatever you want. You don't have any rules. You live by your own rules. We've showed that the Bible teaches it's just the opposite of that. God's rules are for our best interest because Proverbs 14, verse 27 tells us the ways of uh, doing it your own way, the end of that way is death. But uh, we also reference repeatedly Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. God is a God of love. He, he didn't make his
2: rules just to see how mean he could be and no. see if he could make it hard on us.
1: He made his rules because he knows what's best because for us. Because he's a loving God and he wants what's best for us. And therefore... If he gave us an instruction, it's for our good and it's for, in our best interest. If we want to be happy, we'll follow his instructions.
2: All right. Uh, and the, the number one most listened to program is from this year, yeah, so May 27th, 2010, a program we did on eternal security. Clay Gentry. Uh, was our guest that night as i remember that night we had some pretty
1: serious technical difficulties jacob well they're more common uh, (laughs) instead of less common uh
2: but uh we had a good discussion of eternal security uh of course that's the the idea of once saved always saved it's a false doctrine it's not true if you're studying with someone who believes that verses we like to use jacob galatians 5 4 which says you can fall from grace Hebrews six verses four through six that talks about someone who's once enlightened and has tasted the heavenly gift made partaker of the Holy Ghost, uh, but then they fall away. Clearly describing someone. So that's if, if Hebrews six verses four through six talks about someone could fall away, and then maybe the best one of all. Second Peter two verses twenty through twenty two talks about someone being like a, a sow that was washed returning to the wallowing in the mire, the dog returning to its own vomit again. Someone who's been saved turning back; uh, those verses are verses that that the Calvinist, the person who believes in once saved always saved, just can't answer.
1: All right, that's from Mar- uh, May 27th of this year. It's been downloaded over 17,000 times already. A very uh, that's an anomaly for it to be downloaded that much in that short amount of time. Something is, somebody has found that program.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, one thing before we get done here, one thing that I'd like to mention, Jacob, is that. With two hundred and out two hundred and sixty two episodes in the book, including tonight 's program, if you go to our archive page that that can serve as a fairly good resource of material if you 're studying some Bible subject. Obviously, over five years and in 262 episodes of the
1: Virtual Bible Study, we've talked about a lot of Bible subjects. We've talked about a lot of subjects, so if you're studying about something, be sure to go to our website and search. But we haven't talked about all the subjects that we could talk about.
2: No, but before we we pass from that, I would just like to suggest, go there if you're looking for something. We don't have a search engine on our webpage. Probably should put one on there. We never have done that. We do need a little
1: website redesign.
2: But if you you hit uh, Control-F, a lot of people will know this. Hit Control-F. It, a window will pop up, and you type in the word you're searching for. And so, if you were on that page, if you were on our archive page, did Control F, then a, a window will pop up. If you t- if you want to look for abortion or baptism, type that word in, and then it it'll go repetitively to each title on that page where that word is found. And and it's pretty. It serves as a sort of a backdoor.
1: Uh, search engine. Okay. And uh, we have not talked about every topic that there is still to go. And uh, we'd like your help yeah. in determining what topics still need to be discussed.
2: Chris, uh, a little more on Chris's email, he said, I'd love to see more apologetic studies, the idea of evidences. Also more studies on where the rubber meets the road type of things, such as how to strike up a study with people. What are some roadblocks we face when spreading the word and how to overcome them? Basically, some in-depth soul-winning studies. After all, the most important job we were given to do is to go and teach, so we should spend as much time as we can preparing and doing this activity. Another suggestion would be to open up a message board where people could post questions and other Christians could share their input. I realize this could be risky, but a board could be set in place that all messages would have to be approved by a moderator before becoming visible. That could cut down on the craziness. That, that, That... Probably would be a useful thing i don 't think we have time to do that and i I personally wouldn 't want to put a message board out there that wasn 't moderated because, like he says uh people can put all kind of crazy responses on there that we would not want to propagate. So I, I'm not sure we can use that. Maybe somebody else can use that suggestion. But uh, your idea on s- different studies certainly are helpful.
1: Johnny has a suggestion. He says his suggestion would be this, and he's made this suggestion before. And others have too. Offer your questions a week in advance to allow people a chance to respond. I know for me, by the time I get home from work and read your questions, the program is almost started, therefore not allowing time to respond. Johnny, we're sorry about that, but we have a problem we would do that if we knew what we were going to talk about ahead of time. We don't, we always, we don't always have dog. our
2: planning. In fact, we very almost never have our planning that far out in the future. Yeah. Uh, there, there's two sides to that coin. If we put out our update too early, then it people fails forget. to serve the purpose of an update to remind people yeah. to listen. So yeah. it's kind of a two-edged sword. And,
1: our, and sometimes we need to talk about something at the last minute. And uh, so... We'll try to give you uh, at least uh, the day of uh, warning, but uh, we probably can't do much better than that just because of the mechanics of the program. Anonymous listener in the chat room says, I had received email notices of the program for over a year before I joined in last week and found that show interesting and used uh, the uh, discussion as a uh, sermon illustration. So if you're listening in the archive version, maybe you listen to this program in the podcast, uh version you uh have not joined us live, we would encourage you to join us live where you can participate with other listeners. We think you'd find that beneficial. But if you cannot listen live and listen to us in the podcast version, we appreciate you being out there and being subscribed to our program as well.
2: Yes. Uh, and we hope that we'll be able to continue the virtual Bible study. Uh... For the next five years. Uh, and, Lord and, willing. And Lord willing. And your, your participation, your input, your listenership is vital to us being able to do that. So thanks for your help with the virtual
1: Bible study. Thank you for everyone who's helped and those who have filled in for us, those who have been guests on the program. I uh, appreciate the elders. As, as,
2: and uh, Yeah, the elders of, of the church here have been very supportive of, of this and the work that we do. Literally. But one, of yeah. the elders yeah. one of our elders of our built our own
1: Desk here. Yep, yeah, and uh,
2: and we've got had to get more people involved as we've gotten more into to the to the video aspects of the program. We've had to get more people involved to uh, tonight. Jeff's running the board. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, and others have helped uh, Anthony Dan, uh, so we appreciate the help of
1: various ones here at College View who helped make the program possible. Special thanks should go to our wives as well for uh, being supportive. During
2: the- sometimes we refer to the live studio audience, which is typically our wives. Right. So uh, we appreciate them for being patient. It's uh, every Thursday night thing. So Thursday night is is off the calendar for any other activities typically. All right.
1: Well, we appreciate you for being out there, and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to study God's Word with you. That's what it's about, uh, Dad. It's about uh, having the opportunity to discuss God's Word, and this is a Bible study. That's what it's about, and so we're we're thankful for the opportunity.
2: Yeah, and we do appreciate everybody who helps us.
1: All right. Thank you for being out there. Please be back next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.